So ladies and gentlemen, uh, it gives me great pleasure. This guy, uh, when he first came out to Joburg, he and I used to party together quite a bit. We got drunk quite a bit, and I think this is going to be a spectacular podcast as a result. Please welcome up on stage the wonderful Robbie Collins. Good evening, Robbie. Hi. So, so, so here's the thing. This yes. is a totally different crowd, obviously, to last week's podcast. Wink. Wink. Oh. <laughs> yeah. oh. Um, okay, cool. Um, but these guys know the story about your dick. That must be a nice way to... <laughs> <laughs> that must be a nice way to get on stage. It's, it was a good laugh. <laughs> I, I, I'm still friends with those girls. Good, good, good. All right. <laughs> I, I was just telling these people that we drink a lot. You're not, you're not drunk now, are you? No, I'm not. I've had two beers, but I'm jet lagged, so I still, I'm feeling drunk. Right. You just got back from the States. It's a good opportunity for me to t- talk to you about that. Yeah, I was there for a month doing shows in New York. Right. Lots of fun. Where did you perform? What, what? Everywhere. Cool. New York is fucking massive. Did Louis C.K. masturbate in front of you? What? Did Louis C.K. masturbate in front no, of you? No, but I missed him by a night. Oh, so he was, he was he there and he was masturbating. <laughs> no, no. And you were like, ah! And everyone was like, Louis C.K. was here last night. He was masturbating. And you were like, damn it! I was at the Comedy Cellar and I got to watch Chris Rock work his new material last week. And then I was at a gig the next day. And Louis C.K. was at the cellar. It was his first performance, uh, public performance, since people said he masturbated in front of him. So it would have been cool to hear what he's got to say. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. like, he's also the thing is, you only know you've made it as a New York comic when Louis C.K. masturbates in front of you, right? This, this is true. <laughs> so anyway, so you were in New York, you were performing. You performed quite like some pretty serious clubs there, though. Yeah, I was at the Cellar, uh, a bunch of gigs. This is the thing: South African comedy is very new because it's pretty much only from '94, and like the, <laughs> so like it's new. But in America, like everybody's gone to a comedy gig. Like, yeah. at, 12, at 12 o'clock, midnight, there's a line for another comedy show. Whereas, in, I think we also, we fear, f- we, we think about how we're gaining home, all that shit. Where in New York, most people don't have a car. They jump on the subway and they're home. So, there's the freedom of, I don't need to make sure I'm home at a certain time. Yeah, can I don't need to worry about I... where's my car. So, it's just all races on the subway. People just, like, there's a nightlife. People are meeting for dinner at 11 p.m. That's fucking nuts. Spur closes at 8. You know know what I mean? So it's a whole other mindset. And also, you... It's just... America's a whole other world. What we expose on television and through music... Because we all grew up on American culture or British culture, culture. So what we think we know about America, we don't quite know. Like... It's, it's a whole other world when you're in it. So how did you afford to stay there for a month? Because it's also very expensive. I, I say fucked up. Okay. Like, it's, like, I'm a smoker. Cigarettes in New York are $14. Like each? 
No. Like for fuck. one cigarette. <laughs> $40 for a loose. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you sucking dick for a Stuyvesant just now. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking crazy price. <laughs> no, for a pack of cigarettes, it's $14. So, like, literally, I'd be on the street because that's the thing. It was so cold. I literally went, I, I flew out on the 25th of January, hot as fuck here in South Africa, landed in Montreal first to do a couple gigs, got off the plane, it's minus 18. I have, not even white people in South Africa know that kind of weather. It's fucking nuts. Like, as South Africans, we call, Woolworths don't make winter clothes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I thought I had warm clothes, and you're like, nah, son, this is not... So that, that, was, that was crazy. But it's, so, so as a smoker, to smoke, you have to leave the whole vicinity. Like, the bouncer won't even let you smoke at the door. He's like, cross the road. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> cross the road. And so it was too much. So and I, I, I didn't smoke as much because it was just too cold. Like, every time you got to put on a coat and all that shit. But uh, it, was, it was fun. You know, I, I wanted to hear that entire story, except all I heard was you talking about sucking dick, and it reminded me... <laughs> <laughs> It reminded me of the time I... No, it reminded me of... I was in, I was in London and I was walking down it's Oxford like the Road. You suck the dick in London. No, I'm going to tell you a story. I'm going to tell you a story. I, 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 I sucked the dick in London. No, I, I was you walking... You can do that in Brampton. I was you walking down... Get, you don't need to get your passport stamped. You can, do it. you can do it across the road. Basically, he's putting an advert out there, guys, if you're keen. Um, no, I was walking down the road on Oxford Road and this woman, she was clearly like crack addict, you know, with the, kind of the, the scars on her face and whatever and... She was in like this one alley, and she said to me, give me a pound and I'll suck your dick. And I went, no, and I, and I kind of carried on walking. And she went, 50 pence, <laughs> like it was the price. Like, it was, like a pound was too rich for my blood, but for 50 pence, I'll do it twice. You know, like it was fucking terrifying. 50 pence. I'll suck, <laughs> I'll suck your dick, but you can't come. <laughs> <laughs> 50 pence is like eight rand, Robbie, like even today. <laughs> Like, I did four dicks for that. That's the thing. I actually, I, I, actually, I stopped, I stopped drawing money because there's nothing worse because I got a US SIM while I was there. And if you draw money, if you're drawing like $60, you th- it's, you're thinking 60 rand, but you know it's not. And then you get that FNB SMS. It's just true. That tells you it was 700 rand. <laughs> yeah. And it was just fucking horrible, bro. Like, I took a chick out for, uh, for a drink, and, and she looked at me like I was buying a drink. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> you live here. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> you want to be independent? <laughs> but no, no, no. America wasn't, it wasn't all the cellar with Chris Rock. Like, you had no. some horrible gigs as well. Oh, no. Dude, Tell, I, like, yeah. I did... This is the thing, like, in America, there's some, in New York alone, there's over, like, 600 comedians. South Africa, we got maybe 200 at yeah. the most. That's the whole of South Africa. So, to get to the proper gigs, you, you have to go through quite a bit. Like, most comedians in New York have been doing it for over 20 years, and they have a 9 to 5. You know what I mean? Like, I've right. never had a 9 to 5 since doing comedy. Even when things were really bad, I still managed. So it was like some of the gigs you do, it's like, what the fuck? Like you're performing and you're performing to comedians and comedians are the worst people to perform to because they, they just hate on everything that you're saying. They're like, that's not funny or whatever. But I did this gig in Harlem, gangster as fuck. It was just, 
like it looked like a chingy music video. <laughs> There's a lot of Timberlands and do rags, and uh, and like Hispanic uh, people, like it was Spanish Harlem, like proper like hoochie shit. You know what I mean? Like chicks that make Cardi B look like Meryl Streep, and. Uh, <laughs> I was, I'm sitting at the back and there's a white Jewish guy on stage telling this joke and he's really doing well. And then he, he says, he's going into a new joke, new premise, and he says, to a room full of black and Hispanic people, he goes, you know when you're hanging out with your dad? <laughs> <laughs> and a chick from the back of the room screams, nigga, you know where you're at? <laughs> that killed me. But yeah, it was, <laughs> it was just the funniest heckle I've ever seen. Just, she even heckled me. She said something about lions because I'm from Africa. I was like, cool. Yeah, because you know if you said something back, she'd fight you. Yeah, no, I, I don't know my whereabouts. Yeah, yeah. So what was your hardest gig there? What was the toughest gig you did in America? Oh, I'm going to go deep now. Do it. I, I was in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania is the state below New York. Um, and I was doing a show and I was doing really well. And this lady in the audience, she was actually about 61, 62, I don't know. She, she was white, so... She, I, 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 who knows? <laughs> she could have been in my trick. So, uh, <laughs> so, so I'm doing this gig and she's talking in the audience, but she's not heckling me. She's just talking to her friends, but it's getting really loud. So I acknowledge her, so I ask, hey ma'am, are you good or are you having fun? Just be like, I see that you're making noise, but you're interrupting what I'm trying to do. And she looks up at me and says, I don't need an answer to no nigger. And that shit was like, because you know racism exists, but when it happens, you're still not prepared for the thing. So I was really shocked. So that was, it was a good gig, but it was just bitter because you, that's the thing. What do you do? Do you make it funny? But it, how do you make such a thing? The, the, the thing is, in South Africa, that I've would never, never happen. Yeah, unless you're in Cape Town. Like, it's the only... Yeah, like, you gotta f- like, in South Africa, there's racism, but you've got to find a confident racist person. Yeah. You've got to phone Steve Hoffman <laughs> in the middle of the <laughs> you know night. I mean? like, catch like, him off guard, yeah. <laughs> you, like, even if you're racist and you're in four ways, you still keep it to yourself. You're like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you, know, <laughs> you won't say it out loud. I was just shocked at how confident she was. The crowd didn't agree with it. They were like, ooh. And people even messaged me on my f- Facebook uh, f- page to apologize. Because they were also, and, and that's why I said, I was like, ma'am, I know you're drunk. I don't agree with what you said. But on behalf of these other people who want to show, I'm going to carry on. But I right. don't agree with you. And they clapped and I carried on. Because I was like, if I dig into her and try and get the funny thing out of it, I also don't know the state, the, the, the climate of racism in their place. So now I might look like an idiot and then fuck up my show because it was going well. So I'm yeah. like, so it was just, it was, it was hard, but not comedically. It was hard emotionally where you're going, do I stand up for myself right. here or do I fuck up a show? It's a tough one. You know what I mean? No, you, absolutely. So it was, it was just, it was a shock because also I really do believe that as much racism that's out there, I'm not going to say all oh, white people are racist because I've had, since I, was a, since I can remember, I've had very good white people in my life. So I'm not going to assume that whole room feel the way she does. Right. You know what I mean? And so I think it's vice versa. Not every color guy is going to rob you. So we, can't, we can't keep putting people under fucking umbrellas.
So well, we've taken this, this podcast quite political quite quickly. So anyway, I want to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, in in, that, my, in, in line with that, I want to know which politician or political figure would you most like to fuck? Uh, can you say first lady? No, you have, to, you have to pick a South African. You have to, no, oh, a proper. So, okay. you, can, you can say like a political figure like Dan Root or. I'd love to have fucked Winnie Mandela in the Yeah, but 70s. she's still smoking. Ah. But in the 70s. Nah, you can't pick an era. You have to be like, Butterbilly Dlamini now. It's my dick, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I, 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 to be honest, I don't focus on politics at all. Like, I focus on it as a South African citizen, but not as a comedian. Is it because they're ugly? It's, it's too... <laughs> they are fucking ugly, but it's... Uh, <laughs> you know, the other thing is that I, I just... I don't know. I don't care about politics at all. Okay. Have you ever dropped something in the toilet? Yeah, I actually, I actually dropped my phone in the toilet once. Oh, good. Yeah, but it okay. was one of those waterproof ones. Oh, man, this story is just totally shit. <laughs> no, but, it was but I wasn't taking a shit. I but wait, like, ah, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Yeah. You dropped your phone in the toilet. Yeah. But you don't actually go to the toilet when you need to go to the... I want to I wanna talk to me about the roast. Talk to me about the roast at Just for Laughs. So... I was, I was there with my good friend, Ryan Hardith. Okay, let me explain it. I was there Just for Laughs in Montreal two years ago. And Just for Laughs like the biggest comedy festival in the world. And they're shooting the roast. You, have you ever seen the Jeff Ross roast? They're shooting it, but it was airing live in, United St- in the United States. And um, so you all got to sit and, and you got to stay in your places because you don't want to fuck up like camera angles and whatever. So I really needed to pee. I've been drinking the whole day. It's my last day at the festival. I'm getting really stupid because drinks are free, so I'm taking advantage. And then um, I need a pee, and I try and leave, and the lady says, go back to your seat. So I have to go back to my seat, but I'm dying. You know when the pee's like on the tip? I don't know what it is for you, woman. Yeah, it's tur- like, like if it was your butt, it would be turtlenecking. It's doing <laughs> yes, yes, the, doing like the other... Yeah, it's like, it's, like if anyone just does that, it's done. <laughs> and, um, and Sarah Silverman is two people in front of me. She's judging this thing. And Judd Aptor, I'm dying to pee. I take my phone out. <laughs> I take my wallet out. <laughs> I put it next to me. <laughs> it's dark, like where you guys are sitting. <laughs> no one can see what's happening. I just lifted my T-shirt quietly. <laughs> I peed the best pee of my life. <laughs> Pee, I could feel pee coming down my cheek. I'm trying to cut the shit off like this. <laughs> I'm looking. <laughs> there's cameras everywhere. I'm trying to still act like I'm enjoying the job. Like, <laughs> I'm David Kyle sitting here. Reinhardt's there. I'm just peeing hard, bro. I'm, you know, it's just going. Like I'm just getting. I'm getting warm as fuck. And then, <laughs> so now pee. I can't put my phone back in, so I'm just holding the thing like this. <laughs> Luckily, I was wearing black jeans, so you couldn't see shit. Then the show ended. Like, I leave. I ran. Ran to my hotel room. Took off everything. Got in the shower. Showered. Got back to the after party. Carried on drinking. <laughs> then Ryan, like, later, Ryan was like, did you change? He's like, I need to tell you something. <laughs> I was going to ask you what's the most humiliating thing you've ever done. <laughs> I don't even feel embarrassed telling the story I peed and it felt good (laughs) (laughs) 
looked like it was... There's much worse things that could happen. You, you know what I mean? Like, at least pee don't smell. <laughs> no, that's if you're peeing in the corner, like in Bram, where everyone pees. Now you, you're getting a hundred different hobo smells. <laughs> like if... Question from season one. Why does steam come out of my vagina? Steam come out of vagina. Why does steam come out of my vagina? Whose vagina? Mine. My vagina. Oh, Listen vagina. to the question. I'm speaking English oh, here, Robert Collins. Must I do a punch? I don't know. I've never listened to your <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I mean, I'm just asking you a question. I'm just asking you a question. Why does steam come out of my vagina, Robert Collins? Because you're going to a divorce. I don't know what the <laughs> fuck to say. <laughs> is that too real? All right. If multiple universe theory is correct, right? Like... And, and, and what your multiple universe theory says, because I know you dropped out of school, what it says is, it says, <laughs> what it says is, it says, it says that somewhere exists a universe, well, multiple, many, many universes, and in any one of these universes, any possibility is true. So if you now, if you imagine a situation where you are in fact interviewing me, there's a universe where that happens, right? Yes. Right. Uh, so if that's true, why must I live in the one where I'm not successful? <laughs> <laughs> And also, if you could choose to live in any universe of those universes, which one would you want to live in? Okay, let me ask the, answer the one why you're not successful. <laughs> no, no, let's, let's, let's ease up on me a little <laughs> no, bit. I want to talk about why you're not successful. <laughs> Everyone in this room wants to know. All right, all right, let's why. talk about that, Robbie. Let's <laughs> Your ex-wife wants to you know. <laughs> I always tease Warren like this. Don't, don't, don't I remember why I always drink around you now. <laughs> uh, Warren, Warren, Warren is that guy. Like I've, Warren's one of my closest friends in comedy where you'd walk off stage after killing and Warren would say, there's shit. <laughs> and you're like, why are you like this? <laughs> but you've made me a stronger person. If I didn't spend as much time with you, I wouldn't have had the courage to pee myself. <laughs> All right, all right. Let's talk about why you have a career in the first place, Trevor Noah. <laughs> <laughs> so so you, uh, you opened for Trevor for a really long time. You were like his big main opening act. Yes. I mean, there was a Rolling Stone article about him, and you fetched him knickknacks in the article. Yes, like, yes, that's yes. how tight you guys are. Like, what is that like? What, is that, what has it been like, that journey? It's been amazing to see somebody become so successful and you being part of it in a certain way. You know what I mean? Like, I started opening for Trevor in 2010. Every year, things got better. Like, you could, you could see that this person was going to be a superstar. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, 2010, his first tour sold out quickly. Not one poster put up. And then the next year, the hotels get better. The rooms get bigger. So, it's like... I think it's such a great thing to, to learn through somebody else. Yeah. Like, even going to New York, like, he had to do that trip himself. And I think it's just absorbing from him. I, I don't get blown. Like, when people ask me about Trevor, I'm like, yeah, I know it's Trevor. No, it's you. And it's crazy. And not to be arrogant, but, like, I know Trevor, the guy just who has just taken a chance doing the thing. You know okay, what so I mean? tell us all the shit he doesn't want us to know. And you know, you know what's crazy? I remember when Trevor was moving to New York. He did this tour, Goodbye For Now. And then I was backstage with him and I said, yo, man, like, what happens if it doesn't work? 
Because this is true. Like, this thing, he had no reason to move and start again. And when you go to New York, because there's so many comedians, you're literally starting again. They don't give a fuck about who you are. And he was just like, if it doesn't work, I'll come back. That was his answer, simple. And yeah. next thing is on the Tonight Show, Daily Show, all these things. But I think it's just like, it's just, it's just crazy to see somebody. He's a perfectionist. You've hung on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the guy's a proper perfectionist. Like I've seen him walk off stage after standing ovation and be like, the fuck, that wasn't cool. I'm like, yo, man, you're ungrateful. People are standing. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy, but it's cool to see somebody and be around somebody like that. Cool. But he's, like, so I just how much cocaine is he taking backstage? I couldn't tell you one dark story about Trevor. I promise you. Like, like there's no groupies? Fuck all groupies. You couldn't because once, he's got okay, like a once, banning once, order? Or? Once, once we had a show in <laughs> Durban and there's these hot chicks in the front row. Uh, and, I, and I see them when I'm doing the warm-up. And then Trevor goes on, he's doing an hour. So he must be seeing them the whole show. Then he walks backstage. He's like, yo, Rob, go get those girls in the front. This is like 2010. So I run out onto stage, look at the girls. I'm like, yo, come here. I'm going to speak to you. <laughs> that goes proper like gangster. And then uh, <laughs> these chicks walk into the lights, right? <laughs> so they walk into the backstage. There's fucking lights everywhere. It's bright. These girls look like they were maybe 14. You know, everyone in the backstage. So now I brought them backstage to introduce them to Trevor. Trevor greets them and goes, Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> Out the door. Now I'm standing there with fucking OBE bitches. And I'm like... <laughs> I don't know, must I sign your homework? What the fuck? <laughs> so how much cocaine did you give them? Uh, no, I signed... I, uh, they asked for my autograph. I signed it in crayon. <laughs> Okay. But there's, there's nothing crazy. The guy just plays PlayStation. Trevor loves FIFA. But his life, is, his life is messed up, though. You want to be like, ah, oh, he's, he's a 30-year-old guy, 35-year-old guy. He's, he's at home. He's playing FIFA. But there's that story of that guy who, who contacted him way back in the oh, day yeah. with, the, with the tattoo. Yeah, that's creepy. There's one time that I've had, as big as Trevor, he doesn't have... I feel like comedians in general don't have bodyguards. Maybe Kevin Hart. But like... Comedians don't really roll with bodyguards. And the one time we had to have protection in Durban as well. Um, <laughs> and there's a dude, this is the first tour. So Trevor's big, but he's not really that famous. And this guy emails Trevor on his personal email account saying he's coming to the show and then attaches a picture of Trevor's face tattooed on his, <laughs> on his arm. So he's at the so he the, and he tells Trevor in the email which shows he at. So then that night we had to have protection because it was just like yo that's because it's also it's just weird like especially if you know you're not that famous and you have that kind of shit you're like yeah. yo. I'd. So I take it you've never shown him the tattoo in real life. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why you're going through a divorce. <laughs> <laughs> cheeky, cheeky, cheeky. I'm like, how's your baby? Can, so, can, can somebody give me a couple drinks? Just a couple. How, how's your baby no. though? How's, no, my baby's good. Okay. My baby's yeah. Don't talk about my baby. I don't no, want you anywhere near my baby. I'll, I'll never tease your baby. Okay, good. I saw pictures on Facebook. He, like just a lot of pictures. Does he have teeth now? Yes, he's got teeth. Dope. Yeah. 
<laughs> do you know what they do in colored homes? I don't know, because <laughs> this is the truth. When a child is teething, they rub brandy on the gums. Yes. Yeah, well, they and, do and that I, in I, Scottish I, homes as well. <laughs> they do it with whiskey, yeah. Yeah, uh, are you Scottish? Yeah, they do. <laughs> they do. Oh, yeah, okay, cool. But you, you still, like, I mean, you... You've got the gig, and we're doing this at the Bannister uh, Hotel, so you've got the gig basically next door at yes. Kitchener's. Kitchener's. So you guys, every Tuesday night, you do your Kitchener's gig, and you party until, until 4 o'clock every morning on Tuesday. Nah, I, th- I think it's changing now. The guys, don't, guys are in relationships now. All my friends are in relationships now. I'm, gl- I'm glad to hear that, Ravi, because you've been a monster. But not like, you! You, <laughs> 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 you walk right into the house. Ah, oh, fuck, uh, you didn't see it coming. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, fuck, sorry, man, sorry. I went, no, Rob, Robbie, Robbie's a total dick. I went, I went drinking. So when Robbie first moved up to Johannesburg, he was, like, used to be comic in Derby, when first moved up to Johannesburg, we used to both do this gig called Wish, and afterwards we'd go down Melville and we'd drink. And then the one night we'd go and we'd drink at this place, and like Robbie's flirting with the waitress the whole night, but we'd drink. Like heavy, the bill's like one and a half thousand rand, and and at the end of the night, Robbie's like, "I got this, I got this," and he wanders off, and I'm like, "Holy shit, Robbie's gonna pay the bill!" And he wanders off, and he comes back, he's like, "The bill is paid, it's all sorted, let's go." I'm like, "Holy shit, thank you very much, Robbie." Really, but at the, like for two weeks, it eats me. Nah, I owe Robbie, I owe Robbie. So two weeks later, after wish, I'm like, "Robbie, come, we're going drinking." I take Robbie drinking. We drink my bank account empty. We drink like everything in the world. I say to Robbie, and I'm like, "Robbie, I got this." At the end, he's like, "Why?" I'm like, because you got, you got last time. He's like, no, I just persuaded That's the waitress the not to charge us. <laughs> That's the worst colored accent ever. That wasn't an accent. <laughs> no, that's just the way I speak, Robert. Holy uh, shit. <laughs> anyway, he literally persuaded a waitress not to, you not know, to charge us. I, I didn't know that you didn't know that because I was. I know, I know you were pretending that that night as well. But you also knew I was so broke at the time. So, yeah. how, where did you think this money is coming from? I didn't realize a man could fuck for drinks. <laughs> I didn't realize that that I, was a thing. I just, I just spoke to her. She's, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> You're you. getting married next week. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm very single, eh? <laughs> I'm just going to sit here and enjoy that moment for a bit. <laughs> That's so quiet. <laughs> I, I like, I genuinely... You know no, one, no one can understand why, Robbie. You pee your pants, you get your dick out in public. <laughs> Who knows why you're single? No one. It's a choice. <laughs> What's the weirdest thing you've ever masturbated to? I, I, was, I was not even... Do you remember? It's <laughs> like masturbating to fruit. That's what's going on. Do you guys remember Emmanuel? Yes. She, put on, she put on an Alice band and then she sued. Dream of shit. And then... <laughs> so, so, I was saying... This is before... I there was an advert. <laughs> this like gambling no, between... Like. I, I didn't even start a comedy. I was, I was chilling at home. And then... Um, and I was, I was staying with my mom. It was very hard to like masturbate. Because my mom's very religious. So you felt guilty whenever you masturbated. Because there's always a picture of Jesus... <laughs> In and she was watching, you know. Yeah, she was Sometimes it was Jesus and Mary. Like, you know those holograms, if you go like this, it's Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so, so.
So, <laughs> I'm not even joking. <laughs> so I go into, I'm in the lounge. This is like whatever time Emmanuel came on, like fucking, what, what was 12, 1 in the morning. But the TV we have doesn't have a remote control. <laughs> you have to go, one, you know those old TVs? You push it like this. You know those ones? So and those TVs that have a curve out, the pregnant TVs. And then, so now I'm watching the thing, and I'm trying to, I don't want to get into detail, but I'm trying to get aroused. And uh, <laughs> I'm getting very focused in the whole plot. And uh, <laughs> I see my mom's light switch on. So now I rush, I rush to the TV, and I, I turn... I change the channel. But now, if you have, if you have SABC and ETV, especially back then, you know at a certain time there's nothing else to watch on TV other than porn. Or it was channel O, you used to just play music videos over and over. So now I change the channel and I change it to, it was like, it wasn't CNN. Remember they used to have those, that, that like Al Jazeera, whatever news thing that just plays the whole night. So I change the shit and it's to this thing, like the news. And then my mom walks in, but I've gotten my pants up, and, and I'm just chilling like this and watching TV. The, I'm not even close to the couch. And my mom looks at me, he's like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm just, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Terrorism, crazy. <laughs> and then I thought I'd go, I was home free. Then she, she doesn't go back to her room. She comes and sits down. <laughs> now I've got an erection. <laughs> but now you've got to slide your penis up so it's, Get stuck under your belt. Yeah. <laughs> you know when you get your dick gets hard, you need to adjust it. Only women laugh at that. Like the guys are like, yes, yes, we yes, know what you're talking about. Yeah. But then I didn't know that there's, th- I, I didn't hide away the dawn. So there's this dawn lotion. <laughs> <laughs> and the, and I, 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 my mom was stupid. I assumed she knew what happened. And that's the end of the story. Maybe that's why she woke up because she was looking for her dawn. Why the fuck is my mom moisturizing at 1 a.m.? <clears throat> moisturizing. <laughs> yes. Which celebrity in SA do you wish nothing but unhappiness for? Not the shame. That's such a horrible. <laughs> I, I, I would. Uh, no, man. That's such a horrible. I know. Who, who? Hey, hey, hey. Celebrity, though. Celebrity. <laughs> Celebrity. <laughs> Not renty. Uh, you know, you, I, I don't know. I, I, I would have said Danny K a few years ago. You see, because I feel sorry for him now. And I, <laughs> now, now. I saw him and now I want to help him. Like, are you okay? <laughs> Mendoza's gone. You don't have that black ticket no more, son. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, Robbie. I just want to stick to the partying thing because I'm sad you stopped partying. Like, no, it's when not you party, first... fucked up. Oh, I just don't still... call you anymore. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I have not stopped partying. <laughs> stopped calling me. Got blocked by me. Whatever. <laughs> um, but you, you once went with a uh, sort of very famous comedian. Uh, I'm, I'm going to name him Trevor Goomby. You went with Trevor Goomby. <laughs> yes. You went, you went to the Summit Club once? Yeah. The, Tell me that story. Do you know the Summit Club? So the Summit Club is 
is what uh, kind of like it's the, really the lowest. Like you can smell it from about a kilometer away. It smells like a tuna bus. Let me like explain the summer in. club. There, there was zoo. There was zoo <laughs> out there. The summer club is the Jaru of strip clubs. <laughs> the grand is Drake, and then the summit is Jaru. So, <laughs> sorry, it's a white Yeah, they, they totally got that as um, well. <laughs> red Hot Chili Peppers, the, 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 the summit are Hanson. <laughs> so, 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 my first time ever coming to Joburg, um, and I was coming to do shows, and I met Trevor Gumby. You guys know Trevor Gumby. He has, the, he has on Vodacom, I think, Are You Free or You Dumb? Ad, and a bunch of other things. A lot of TV shows. Yeah, yeah, very cool guy. And at the time, Trevor was drank a lot. He's been sober for very well for a very long time now, and uh, he's a drink. And so I get off the bus. Trevor picks me up with a six pack of Black Labels. This is like eight in the morning, <laughs> but I'm also grateful. So, uh, <laughs> so he's drinking the whole day. First day in Joburg, I'm like, this is cool. We drive into Hillbrow. Now you don't have to know a place to know that you are no more safe. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we, like something has changed. Like you know, you know, hood when these kids on the street late at night, like just running around. Like I was like, this is crazy. So then we park. Trevor says, take take your phone out and put it under the car seat. Leave it here. So back then, this is like mix it was a thing. So you didn't really need your phone all the time. So uh, go into the summer club, and it's like one of those like. Gringy, it's, it's, it's really uncomfortable. Walk into the place, walk up, walk up the stairs, just like chicks half naked, but like not the nice strippers you see in a movie. Like this is fucking disgusting. Like you can smell AIDS. It's just, <laughs> you know, when you're like something here is not right. I'm being real. These are prostitutes, guys. So, so we in the whole place and whatever, and then Trevor disappears for a bit. <laughs> And uh, I'm looking for Trevor, so so I'm trying to find him, and I go up in this in this lift to try and find him, and then I find him. I'm like, yo, let's go home, because I was really feeling uncomfortable. So I get back into the lift, and there's a bouncer that goes up and down in the lift, and then he says, um, "Is that why they call him a bouncer? Because <laughs> he's going up and down. <laughs> never mind. That's why you're not a celebrity." <laughs> <laughs> I just felt I just felt the story needed a joke at that yeah, point. Yeah, no, I know it's no, quite, some it's, sort of comedy at the that joke moment. Is coming. The joke is coming. <laughs> oh, okay, don't okay. worry, don't worry. Trust okay. me. So, <laughs> so, so, uh, trust me. <laughs> don't worry, Trevor. Okay. Trust me. Okay. So, <laughs> we 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 go, we going down on this lift, and the bouncer says, "Yo, this thing's gonna drop, so you need to get on your haunches." So now. Everybody's like this on their haunches in the lift. And he's like, watch the buttons light up. Because when it gets to one, you need to jump in the air. So you don't feel the, <laughs> the impact of the lift. Literally. So the thing goes, it just drops. It's like an eight-floor building. The thing just drops. And we all like this. <laughs> There's a chicken heels. It's, just, it's weird. See one light up. Everybody jumps in the air. Shit hands. I'm freaked the fuck out. Now I'm just like, I don't know what to do. I'm waiting for Trevor. And then I, I promise, I oath on my grandfather's grave. This is what happens next. A midget walks in with cornrows. 
with two chicks beside him. And then orders of <laughs> plates of chips and a burger. <laughs> and then ate it with a knife and fork in front of me. <laughs> and the whole time, I didn't know, you know, you're like, what the fuck? Because <laughs> it's a midget eating a burger. That <laughs> <laughs> was fucking funny, sorry. That image is going to be great on the podcast that is only yeah. audio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's going to be, that's a good story. And what happened to Trevor? Oh, we went home safely. <laughs> <laughs> story ended there. Sure. No, Here I am, I'm like, I'm going to get some good stories about like, all the Trevors, all the partying, all the drinking. <laughs> and you're like, oh, we went home safely. We have posters on our wall of Jesus. <laughs> and we masturbate to the news. Like, <laughs> uh, do you still masturbate? To the news? <laughs> this man, all the time. <laughs> I've stopped. Have you stopped? I'm glad. In public. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I'm glad. What's the most humiliating thing you've ever done? I think uh, <laughs> do a gig and then show my penis to a bunch of people who <laughs> 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 stuck around. Yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't. You know what? I don't get embarrassed. I don't get embarrassed anymore. I might feel shit, but I just don't. Because I, I, it's always been the thing of people also feel shit, man. Like since I was a kid, I don't give a fuck. I remember, you remember when, remember when you, you, like in school, and then they used to read out your marks. Yeah. I suffer with dyslexia, right? So I knew I was going to fail. So, so when they read out my marks, like, yeah, cool. Talk about the other person. Like, I wouldn't care. Like, you can't... Like, I don't get embarrassed, really. Good, good. Then you won't mind me telling this story. Robbie, when he, when he first started in comedy... When Robbie, Robbie first started in comedy, we were performing at Wish. And now the guy who ran Wish had, like, no money. He had, like, a sound system. And he used to go there and he used to perform every week for, like, no money, tell the same jokes. And then, like, we'd just come there and we'd, we'd tell jokes. And then Robbie was, like... He's, he thought he was a gangster at that point. He literally, like... So he tells these jokes, crowd laughs, takes the mic, <laughs> drops it on the floor, mic breaks, <laughs> Robbie leaves. But Robbie's a nice person, right? Like he's a good guy. So <laughs> he immediately goes groveling to this dude at the back. How long did you sit I'm so sorry. So sorry. I'll fix the... So you know how Chris Rock performs and then he drops the mic? <laughs> I'm out. And it goes... <laughs> this mic did not make that sound. <laughs> <laughs> I dropped the mic and I just said, <laughs> <laughs> like, you could hear things were breaking. <laughs> but now, I'm not the final act. There's still other people. <laughs> so I'm going to take away his microphone. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Robbie Collins. <laughs> 